is it weird? Like, I want to care, but I don't care. Like, is it weird that I don't care at all? Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. Welcome to this week's episode of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie, and with me as always is the Baron of Branding, the Archduke of Art Files, the Sergeant of Swag, Dr. Field Marshal Kirby Hossaman from Coshocton, Ohio. Kirby, how the hell are you today? <laughs> you know what? With that kind of introduction, I don't know how I could be anything but fantastic. I will tell you, I have a feeling at this point you spend more time on that than you do on the rest of the preparation for the podcast. Is that right? I, I'm not sure how that's germane to the podcast <laughs> or the conversation, sir. But I'll tell you something that is germane to the podcast is our good friends at AIM Smart EQP. No. A lot of people in our industry say that EQP is a bad thing, right? We've heard that before. Sure. And you know what? There's a lot of truth in that comment. In the hands of desperate and untrained and uneducated trunk slammers, yeah, EQP is pretty, pretty bad. Mm. Because when people don't know how to sell well, what do they always do? They race to the bottom and they sell only on price. And that's not good for anybody except for the client. And frankly, that's just not good. You know, but in the hands of smart, focused, and independent distributors – EQP is a really great thing because it allows you to sell on value rather than price and you can promote preferred suppliers assertively and be competitive when you need to be. So that's what AIM Smart EQP provides. Not anyone can join the uh, AIM Smart EQP community, but if you qualify, you get you know the end quantity pricing from more than 100 of the top industry suppliers. You get quality connections with many of the brightest minds in the industry. And you get that cutting-edge training to help you grow your sales and profits fast. So just go to smarteqp.com slash unscripted. Get a free copy of that audio training, How to Beat Websites, Local Competitors, and Price Cutters. And we all want to beat the price cutters, Kirby, don't we? We do. And you're also going to get, get complete details on how to join the AIM Smart EQP community today. So go ahead, go to smarteqp.com slash unscripted. Kirby, are they going to be sorry that they did? They will not be sorry they did. I didn't think so. So Kirby... Are you ready to have a barn burner of an episode today? I am ready, my friend. I'm ready. All right. So we talk a lot on this podcast about being tone deaf. We would be tone deaf if we didn't talk about this topic or that topic. And as we record this, it's Thursday, February 15th. And I think we'd be tone deaf if we didn't at least acknowledge that there was another school shooting yesterday, this time in Florida. I don't think this is and maybe you disagree, I don't think this is the right place for a big giant debate about school shootings or gun laws. I'm sure there's people who disagree and say this is exactly the place. All I'm going to say is I'm tired of it. I think we're all tired of it. There are no easy solutions, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a lot of people think there's easy solutions, but if you really look at them, there's not easy solutions. And I just am, am tired of, as a parent, as a parent of, of high school freshmen, it breaks my heart that we can't find a way to secure our educational facilities against this type of carnage. Yeah, it's, um, I appreciate, you know, your willingness to bring up difficult topics on this. But, you know, I think that, quite frankly, Bill, I would love to have this discussion with my friend Bill. Right. I would love to, and I mean that because you right. and I do enjoy um, separate discussions with 
respectful debate or discourse um, about these things. And I think it's really important that smart people, well-intentioned people do that. Um, but I agree with you. I'm not sure this is the place. Um, unless we do a special all-in uh, podcast just about that topic, because I think it's one of those things that uh, deserves more time than we can probably give it. Well, and here's the thing, and in, in, in all disclosure, we did have a, a three- or four-minute discussion about this before we started recording, which we never do. Right. Um, I trust you to have that conversation with me. I trust me to have that conversation with you. Um, but we have mutually decided we don't trust the internet to handle our conversation. Yeah. So if you don't like the fact that we're not talking about the school shooting, uh, so be it. We don't trust the group, the, the group think that is the internet to handle it in a responsible way. Um, you know, if you, if you think I'm a little gun shy, you're damn right. Just look at the spark conversation of last summer. Yeah. The internet didn't handle that very well either. Yeah, I, what I would say is I'm actually willing to have, as, as we sort of had this conversation off the air, is I'm willing to go all in or all out. So um, right. I'm, I, I think it's important that we acknowledge it, give, you know, uh, the condolences and just ridiculous. Again, I sent a 16-year-old daughter to school today, and I gave her an yep. extra hug and a kiss. Yep. And so. The, the only thing I'll add to that is, and I know a lot of people get tired of the posts that saying, you know, thoughts and prayers and yep. all that. And then there's people who say, you know, enough with the thoughts and prayers. Uh, it's time for action. I, I think we all would agree it's time for action. But shitting on people who are genuinely trying to convey their condolences through that is equally as shitty. Yeah. So I, I'd back off on that, everybody. I think we're all kind of a little heartbroken this morning. So it's it's hard to be uh, high energy and comedy minded, but uh, I think we have to go ahead and move on, Kirby. Yes. So do you have a topic you want to uh, really get us rolling with this morning? Yeah. Okay. I got one that is, um, I guess, somewhat timely. Um, okay. And <laughs> so. Obviously, right now, as we're doing this, the Winter Olympics is all the chatter, um, uh, certainly on NBC, since they have <laughs> the contract that you can't go anywhere um, without seeing something about it. Right. Um, so here's my question, and like I feel like I'm going to get beat up about this in the community. Um, the Winter Olympics. Mm -hmm. Is it weird? Like, I want to care, but I don't care. Like, is it weird that I don't care at all about the Winter Olympics? Am I a bad guy? I don't think, well, yes, you are a bad human being, but that, that's not the reason why. No, I'm kidding, of course. Um, I don't care like I did as a kid. As a kid, it seemed so magical that the whole world could kind of come together, put all their differences aside, and athletes would compete against each other. And I think it's a function, at least for me, because I'm not as excited about it as I used to be either. I think for me it's a function of, man, wasn't it great? In 1980, when I was 11 years old and the U.S. hockey team beat the evil Soviet Union, <laughs> you know, you had those diametrically opposed political philosophies and they would put them aside and, and, and for, for one moment settle it on the ice or settle it on the ski slopes. I don't feel like we have that anymore. I think we started lo I started losing interest in the Olympics when professional athletes started going to the Olympics. And okay. I know that, you know, back in the 70s and 80s when the Soviet Union was really rolling, they basically had professional athletes going to the Olympics. I understand that, but I don't want to see Kobe Bryant at the Olympics. I don't want to see Brett Hull playing hockey in the Olympics for the United States. I like the college kids. I like the unknown stories. Having said all of that, I like the Winter Olympics far more 
than I like the Summer Olympics. I find the Summer Olympics as boring as all get out. Hmm. Um, I'll watch the swimming. I'll watch a couple other things. And I only watch swimming because I swam growing up. But other than that, I don't have any uh, any skin in the game. Last night, I was all in on the skeleton. Man, you get <laughs> you, you lay on some sort of ridiculous sled going face first at six, 70 miles an hour on an ice tube. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested big time. That's funny. That's and funny. I still think I still think downhill skiing, both men's and women's, is the most elegant of sports. I can't get enough of that. So okay. I wouldn't say I care. But there are specific sports I absolutely enjoy. So that's interesting. I mean, here's what I would say to you just based on what you just said. You care. Like, like because I, as a person who doesn't, I could not bring myself to talk about winter sports, the Olympics with that much passion if I tried. So you care at least a little bit. I, I struggle with – like. I struggle with, and I think, you know, again, it's been well documented. I don't enjoy being cold. I don't enjoy being in any of those sports. They don't appeal to me at all. And so it's funny. You were like, I enjoy the skeleton. And I was sitting here going, what the hell is the skeleton? It's basically face first luge. (laughs) No, it's again. And by the way, I want to care. Like, so those are people who are like thinking I'm unpatriotic or whatever. Like I want to, I do. And I believe the people who do care are right and I'm wrong. But man, I just don't. And separate discussion, and this is my, and this will really get people cheesed off. So, and this is one of my problems with all Olympic sports, or not all Olympic sports, but many, is anytime, I believe, anytime a judge determines the winner of a contest, it's not a sport. Uh, we had that discussion <laughs> in my house last night while watching the skeleton and uh, couldn't agree more. Um, so <laughs> if some I, I, French judge can be pissy and then decide that one figure skater wins, like I, that's not a sport then. No, Sorry. I, I agree. And that's why, you know, I will say that, you know, the people who do ice skating, what a tremendous athletic endeavor oh, that yeah. I could never imagine doing. It doesn't change the fact that it's not a sport. Yeah, totally. Agree. Um, you know, diving's not a sport. It's an incredible athletic activity. Yep. Not a sport. Um, in fact, we two nights ago when the snowboarding was on the half pipe. Yep. And Sean White, you know, was a wonderful moment. Last run, and scored a ninety-seven point five to win the gold medal. That was fantastic. Unfortunately, it was not a sport because there's a group of people who 100%. think they're judge who think they're better than everybody else because they get to judge. Sorry, doesn't cut the mustard. If you score more or if you're faster, it's a sport. Yep. End of discussion. Totally with you on that one. All right. All right. That, that was my take on the Winter Olympics. I'm- okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna bring it on back a little bit to uh, our industry, the promotional products industry. Yeah. And uh, a frequent listener and good friend of this program, Jeff Jacobs, uh, hmm. reached out to me. And uh, if anybody doesn't know who Jeff Jacobs is, he is the former executive director of QCA. Mm-hmm. And he's re- happily retired now, as his Twitter bio would tell you. And he plays a lot of golf and smokes a lot of cigars and seems like he's having a pretty good time. But I digress, Kirby. He is still very, very passionate about product safety. In fact, he writes a blog every other Monday, available only at promocorner.com. <laughs> Quick little plug there. Yep. But he and he consistently gets in the top five views of all the blogs that we run and all the content we run at Promo Corner. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about product safety. Yeah. It's not the sexiest of topics, but my goodness, it's an important one. Yeah. As a distributor, and a question I want to ask you, because I'm not a distributor. I'm, I'm a service provider. Right. As a distributor, how important is it 
Obviously, it's important that products are safe, but how important is, is it that a supplier is QCA certified or that they that you know and you're secure in the knowledge that they go through the rigorous testing program since the vast majority of those products are produced overseas in Shenzhen, China? Yeah, it's a great question. And it, you know what? I think it's becoming more and more important. I think uh, larger distributors who work with larger clients are probably could tell you that uh, clients are starting to have that discussion. Clients mm-hmm. are starting to ask those questions as they should. For me, it's really um, a piece that we work with a lot of uh, suppliers that either are QCA compliant or are working to become QCA compliant. And honestly, what it is for me is it becomes a uh, differentiator on the end user side where I, I'm bringing up the conversation to say, hey, by the way, this is just to set your mind at ease. This is the steps that are being um, taken to make sure that your products are safe. And I, I think that, you know, a lot you know, you talked mm-hmm. about this in the in sort of the opening piece with the smart EQP. Yep. The trunk slammers are not having that conversation. They're, no. they're just not. And so well, they're, when they're you can just, bring it schlep, up, they're they're schlepping product. That's yeah, all they absolutely. Want to do. So if that's you know that's a place where you can add value because you know as we always talk about, it's not just about price; it's about value. Well, that's mm-hmm. one of the conversations where you bring value, and it's one of those things that I think you bring value sometimes without letting your clients know you're bringing it. So just by saying, hey, by the way, this is something we're kind of watching for you, and frankly, the suppliers are watching for us, then that's a piece of mind that, that um, it's a differentiator where uh, clients can go, oh, okay, well, that's why I work with XYZ. No question. I think you bring up a great point. It's one of those things, and I talk about this in sessions I give, and I was actually in Birmingham, Alabama uh, earlier this week at the Sunbelt Promotional Products Association uh, show speaking about this, and you have to be willing to bring up potentially uncomfortable conversations, right? Yeah. Most salesperson people hate bringing up price. They hate bringing up anything that might expose them, right? right? But you have to bring up price. If I mean, how many distributors go to a meeting and they think they walk away, they, they, they understand what the client wants to accomplish, but they don't know what the budget is. And they waste all this time, effort, money yeah. coming up with ideas. And then the client says, well, how much does it cost? And the distributor tells them, and, oh, I can't afford that. And you're back to the drawing board. I think it's the same thing with product safety. Bringing it up because it's potentially uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it's it's a potential. Hey, you know, that's a question every end user should be asking. Let me ask you something, Mister Distributor. How do I know that the products you're selling me are safe? Right. I mean that that is absolutely uh, something I think that end users will ask, should ask, but they won't. So that's why it's incumbent upon distributors to say, look, we choose to work with reputable suppliers in our industry who go through a rigorous testing process and they're certified or however they want to bring it up. But I think that's an important thing. And like you said, it is a differentiator. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's funny, you bring up the point of bringing up price and this is a little bit tangential, but I think it falls in the same discussion is that for me, when I bring up that budget on the front end, price becomes not a non-discussion on the back end because they've already told me. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, well... You know, they told me they wanted to spend five dollars and under. Well, I got them something that's four dollars and fifty cents. Well, but can I get it for four, four and a quarter? Right. That almost never happens. No, <laughs> no. 
So, no. you know, I think that's a great, great but topic I, to bring I, up. Jeff, Jeff had said, hey, you know, I would love to hear you guys talk about product safety. And, you know, it's one of those things we don't talk about enough as an industry. So I'm really glad he brought that up. Yeah, so, Jeff, this is your cue to share this fine <laughs> platinum-level broadcast with your 150,000 followers on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. But here's the thing, though. Whether he shares it or not, you're right. It's a super important topic that we yep. need to talk more about. No question. No cool. question. All right. You got another topic for us, Curb? Okay. So <laughs> as you will see, my topics this week have been wandering. And so mm-hmm. I was thinking about this is actually from this morning. I, I woke up this morning in Ohio and I walked outside and it was 52 degrees. Mm-hmm. And oh, that was just glorious, right? Just glorious right. for me. Um, so I literally stood on my uh, in my driveway and took in deep breaths and I was just like, this is, this is awesome. And so then I, you walked in and got fully dressed because you were standing up and naked. <laughs> Well, I know that you have fantasies about that, but no. Anyway, I go to where I go every day to get get breakfast into the hospital. Yes. And, and I, I walked in and I was like, man, it is nice out. And we had this discussion with a couple ladies there. And one of them immediately goes, yeah, but it's supposed to snow this weekend. Womp, womp. <laughs> and, and I just said, you know what? I'm living in the is. Way too many people live in the was and live in the will be, and I'm living in the is. And so I bring it up as a public service announcement. Stop. Just, like, enjoy the moment, people. It is amazing to me how many people find something that is good and they immediately find a way to suck the life out of it. Yeah, there's always people who are all too eager to play the role of Eeyore in your life <laughs> and make sure that uh, they bring you down. I, I, I have a saying, you know, one of one of my kid's friends, he's a nice enough kid, but he seems to only derive positive feelings about himself by making other people miserable. Mm, yeah. And I've, I, you know, one of the lessons I've tried to teach the kids is, man, that's a really shitty character trait. Yeah. Um, and, and not that the person at the hospital where you get your breakfast no. uh, is trying to bring you down. She, 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 I don't know if it's he or she. It's she, or she. He, she is probably just beaten down by living in Ohio. Yeah. And I remember... You know, when I lived in New York, you could just see people who had maybe ridden the train into New York City just a few years too long, and nothing, nothing good was ever going to happen. Yeah, something bad's always on the horizon, and there are just some people who aren't happy unless they're a little bit of unhappy. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that, and I think, but I think we all fall into well, I can't yep. be happy now because. You know, my dog may die in ten years. It's like, dude, just enjoy the moment. Live in the is. So it's yeah, no, it's a good it's a good one. All right. So I have a quick one yep. and then let's run into a barn burner version of fill in the blank. So you live in uh Coshocton, Ohio, which you know, very far east Ohio. Mm-hmm. There's a baseball team near you. Okay. Known as the Cleveland Indians. Yes. And I think on this podcast in the past, we've talked about offensive uh, sports names and sports logos. I think in the past, we've talked about the uh, Washington National Football League team. Yep. And their mascot choice of name, which I'm not even Native American, and I even find offensive. I mean, that's just a harsh one. But anyway... So it was announced last week that the Cleveland Indians are doing away with the Chief Wahoo logo. Are you sure. familiar with the logo? Uh, you it's know the, I am. <laughs> it's, the, it's the big smiling Native American with the single feather behind his head. I wanted to get your take on that before I give you my take on that. Yeah, okay. 
Um, you know, it's interesting. I think because it's a branding issue. That's yeah. how they've been known for years. Yeah, it is. I think they've started to transition. Um, and, Away, you know, if you look at some of their, the logo has evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been kind of moving in this direction uh, for a while, and you know, I think one of my struggles is with all of this because I, because you and I have talked about the Washington, um, it, because and j- just as a point of clarity, because shocked in high schools uh, mascot is the Redskin. Oh, that's right. I forgot about okay, that. Okay, so, and here's my issue with it. Okay, on both of these is if we could create consensus that. This XYZ is a uh, offensive term. And, and here's what y- you just said. Well, I'm not even Native American, and I can see where that's... A, but, but Native Americans are not consistent about how they feel about that. Right. And so, so why are white guys deciding that? I, there's no one who disagrees that the N-word is offensive to everyone, right? right. Like, and so like that's not up for debate because of that. Well, the problem is... In our community, it was a you know, our community was built around Native Americans gathering place, and, right. and so I think you know it's hard to judge intent, um, but I think you know it was the idea was that it was a tribute, and right. the Delaware Indians, generally speaking, would agree. Now mm-hmm. I know that there are other <laughs> tribes who would disagree. So I think the challenge is that there's not a consensus. If there was, I would I'd totally defer to that. Right. Um, but while it's mixed messages, until one community can agree, well, then <laughs> who am I to decide? Uh, no, I agree. We are we are currently living in a society where no one can agree on anything. Well, and um, everyone's offended by everything. So how cor- the hell correct. am I supposed to know it's truly offensive? Correct. But I think you hit the nail on the head. I am not Native American. I don't have one drop of Native American blood in me. I don't think I have any sort of reason to be chiming in about it. It's not my fight, yeah. you know? I mean, it's it's not... I always found the logo to be kind of funny, but I can certainly see how people would see a, a offense to it, take yeah. offense to it. I actually, totally get that. Actually, the Chief Wahoo one, um, I actually kind of get, right? Because I yeah. think it's cartoonish and, and like... Yeah. It, but I like I don't know... But here's what I would say is, I don't know what the, the leadership at the Cleveland Indians are hearing, right? Yeah. Like, they may well, be hearing all the time, no, everybody agrees, that sucks. Okay, well, it's just it's just like everything else in our society, right? There are ten percent on one far side of any issue, right. and they're very vocal. Yep. And then there's ten percent way far on the other side on the same issue, and they're just as vocal. And they're calling each other names. Yes. yes. And they're calling each other names. And then there's the eighty percent of us that are like, well, I kind of see both sides. This is a very complex issue. It's not as simple as black and white. And that's kind of how I feel like our our country and society has evolved into yeah you know we got 10 percent on one side 10 percent on the other side both claiming they're both correct in their views and then there's 80 percent of us are like well it's kind of gray here and they're they're all they're both saying that they're right on their rules and their their views and they have the moral uh high ground and you are the enemy if you disagree Correct. That's, well, you, that's such a challenge. I, I completely agree. You know who's not an enemy of the promotional products world, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? That would be the good people at Gold Star Pens. Yes. Love me some Gold Star Pen. You know they're the leaders in writing instruments, right? You can call them pens. Now, I would find that offensive because they are writing instruments. They have the largest selection of full-color writing instruments I love the standard 24-hour production in 30 styles of full-color, 360-degree wrapped pens. I think I've talked about how they're in-house formulated Eversmooth ink. It is so awesome. Yep. I have a 
I talked about it last week. I have a bunch of Gold Star pens that were given to me, and they're powered by pumpkin spice, and they are using that Eversmooth ink. They have the their leaders in trending styles, colors, and decorations. My favorite thing about them is they really make it simple. It's all-inclusive pricing, including setup and decoration charges, free ground shipping on all their writing instruments every single time. So if you want to learn more, and if you're listening to this podcast, you should want to learn more. Yes. And you want to sign up for a free Simplicity Starter Kit? That's free. That's no money to you. Do not put, your, sir, put your wallet away. This is free to you. <laughs> Go to goldstarpens.com/unscripted. Go ahead and learn more. Sign up for that free Simplicity Starter Kit. Kirby, are they going to be sorry that they did? They absolutely will not be sorry they did. You know, one of these days, I hope you don't answer with, "Yeah." You know, I actually do think they're going to be sorry <laughs> if they do, Bill. So, but not today. Not today. All right, Kirby. You want to roll into a rousing round of filling in the blank? Fired up to do it, my friend. Why don't you go ahead and start us off? Okay. Um, so to start us off, one of the things, if if our listeners don't know, I will fill them in. You are sort of obsessed with shoes, right? Like you have a whole suitcase that you take to Vegas that's nothing but shoes, correct? I, I wouldn't call it an obsession, sir. I would call it an appreciation. Okay. So you are obsessed with shoes. Correct. Another thing that you are obsessed with is... Food. <laughs> okay, I like it. Um, I have, over the last probably 10 years, really learned to appreciate cooking. I really love to cook. I'm, at this point in my house, the main chef, and I like to experiment with things. So when I say I like, to eat, I like food, it's not like I have six cans of Pringles that I cannonball on a daily basis. <laughs> uh, although, That'd be that's, awesome. not a ba- that's not bad. Um <laughs> I really enjoy food. I enjoy going out to a nice restaurant and having a lovely dining experience. And I like the theater of it. I enjoy cooking. I enjoy planning to cook. I enjoy the. It's very therapeutic for me. You know, okay. it happened, and I think it really turned the corner about three or four years ago when I got a smoker, okay. and I, I taught myself how to barbecue and smoke meat. And I enjoy the. I, I enjoy that it's difficult. Mm, okay. You know, there's there's smokers you can get that make it easy, and and no disrespect for the people who have like a Traeger pellet smoker. Those are great, but I didn't want a set it and forget it type thing. Okay. You know, I want to be able to. I have to learn how to manage the fire, manage the heat, to make sure that it's, you know, it's going to turn out the way I want it. And I have made some horrible barbecue in my time, <laughs> but when I I've done it so much now that I've learned how to do it well, mm. and I take a lot of pride in that. I've learned how to make sushi, you know, nice. taking three hours to make the sushi rice and all that. That I enjoy that theater. That's very therapeutic for me. So, I love food. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. That's a that's a good one, man. That's a little insight into the Bill Bill uh, persona. There you go. All right, it is. All right, Kirby. It's date night in Coshocton, Ohio, in the year 1991, and I believe that was your senior year in high school, correct? Uh, 92 was my senior 92. Year. So yeah. let's make it 92. Okay. It is date night in Coshocton, Ohio, in 1992, and you want to impress your date, so you decide to wear blank oh i decide to wear blank uh so it was uh let's see i was that was the 90210 kind of uh timeline so senior year i just cut off my mullet um which was fantastic by the way um so so says you (laughs) i have pictures to prove it um so would have gone with the uh sideburns the button down uh, like some sort of 
super baggy. Yeah, yeah. So I would have, you know, picture what was like. I didn't never watch nine hundred two one zero, but uh, the the character Jason Priestley. Yeah, sure. So picture what he was wearing, and I sent my mom and my sister out to buy something that looked sort of like that, and I that would okay. that would have been that would be the picture I would paint. W- were there, was there acid wash involved? Oh, well, was there anything at that point in time that didn't involve acid wash? John Bajovi would say there's not. <laughs> Exactly. Which, by the way, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Very derivative of Van Halen, sir. Very derivative of Van Halen. Okay. All right. Well, that actually leads me wonderfully into my next fill-in-the-blank for you. All right. So you love everything Van Halen. I do. After Van Halen, your favorite hair band was? Um, first of all, I'm going to have to throw a flag on that. We got it. <laughs> that Van Halen is not... I repeat, not a hair band. Okay, so what I would say, two things. You really screwed up the most wonderful freaking transition we've ever had in the show. No, two, you screwed it up. Two, you screwed it up, sir. Two, it, you look at David Lee Roth and tell me and Eddie Van Halen when they were at their... Give me a break. Like, let's move on. Hair band they were. No, they were not. They spawned the hair band, but they were not hair bands themselves. Okay. Uh, they really weren't. They really weren't. Um, so after Van Halen, what was, I don't even remember. What, the, what was the fill in the blank now? <laughs> You've totally thrown me off my game here. After them, your yes. favorite hair band was? Um, the, so my, basically you're asking what my only, my first favorite hair band was <laughs> since Van Halen's not a hair band. So after Van Halen. I'm going to have to go with, uh, I'm going to have to go with Motley Crue. Really? Okay. The crew. Yeah. I like, I like a little Motley Crue. Um, you know, I've seen him live a couple times. You know, Vince stopped singing in full sentences decades ago. <laughs> so it's like every third word. But they always put on a good show. And I remember the first time I saw him, I wasn't really excited about seeing him. I was like, oh, okay, I'll go. And it was one of those concerts. Man, I knew every single song. Yeah. And so, you know, I was like, wow, this is not bad at all. Yeah. Um, so I'd have to say, I'd have to say, uh, the, my favorite hair band since Van Halen's not one would be Motley Crue, sir. <laughs> I love it. So, okay, let me. Okay, this is totally off topic. You may follow up. Go ahead, yeah. follow it so up. Is is Guns and Roses a hair band? You know, that's a great question, Kirby, and I'm glad you asked. I'd say they started off as a hair band. If you look at the first uh, few, the first few gigs they did in '87, and even if you look at the Welcome to the Jungle video. Their hair is very spiked up and very hair bandy, but they quickly abandoned that. They really quickly abandoned that for a much, you know, tougher and were from the street look, which they were. I mean, they had to pretty them up for that uh, Welcome to the Jungle video. I mean, those guys were living on the streets. So, um, okay, borderline hair band, but no, I would say they're not a hair band. Okay, hair bands are like Poison, yeah, and Winger. And White Snake and White Lion and Great White. All the white bands are <laughs> okay. our, our hair bands. Okay, fair enough. But not White Zombie. Got it. Okay. Kirby, you grew up playing tennis, didn't you? I did. Your favorite tennis player of all time is? Andre Agassi. Nice. Yeah, so... Um, and, and again, the Rebel. Yeah, so I, I was a like a... I'm a huge tennis fan. So, like, if you name a tennis player, I can probably tell you statistics. I'm, a, I'm just a big, big, you know, all the American players. I followed Sampras, McEnroe, Connors. All, you know, again, you name it, I was in. But Agassi was the guy who, you know. Did it for you. Well, I, the poster's on the wall, man. That, yep. That's, no, that's who I, I emulated. So Love it. 
All right, you got one more? One more. All right, so I came across a, um, a quote on Facebook the other day, and it was from the movie Major League. And okay. I realized in that moment, I'm like, I loved that movie. It was one of those tons of quotable stuff. Mm -hmm. So the movie that is kind of a hidden gem for you that not everybody would know that you love is? This is Spinal Tap. <laughs> okay, cool. I, can, I, I don't think I've gone, if, since I watched it, I don't think I've gone a day without quoting something from that movie. Whether it's, these go to 11, or... Um, it's in D minor. This is how this key makes key. people weep instantly, and and what follows that I'm not going to repeat. Good, um, but it, that that is definitely one of my quotable movies uh, that I I can't. Um, I, I there's every single line is a quote, and uh, my favorite quote from Major League, which you mentioned, is um, when uh, I forget the name of the character, but he is praying to his god Jobu, <laughs> yep. trying to. So he can he can learn how to hit curveballs. Hit a curveball, and and the super Christian pitcher goes, <laughs> "You might want to try follow Jesus Christ." And the um, yep. character says, "Oh, Jesus, I like, I like him, but he no help with but he no help with curveball." <laughs> and and the and the the pitcher's response is so great. You trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> That makes me giggle every single time. That's actually, yeah, it's a super quotable movie for sure. All right, last one, and we're running a little long, but I got to ask because it's super timely. Johnny Football Manziel <laughs> came out this week yeah. and said he's bipolar and he's now on medicine to fix that. So oh. Johnny Manziel's comeback attempt is... Uh, inevitable and pathetic. Uh, so I, wow. I mean, well, I, I just I, I actually saw something. I was on the treadmill mm -hmm. this morning, and they were talking about Manzel trying to come into the development league or whatever. Right. And I'm like, well, sure, because what else is he gonna do? You gonna hire him to comment on right. football? Are you gonna, you know, what I mean, like, is he gonna coach because he'll be such a great influence? Like, of course right. he's gonna try and keep playing football. I don't think it's gonna work, but yeah. you know, I, I wish him well. The only thing I'll say to that is um, it, it was inevitable, certainly. Yeah. I, I, you know, I want to believe he's sincere. You know, he's had a, a few of these things. I've gotten my life straight now, but now he's certainly at least been diagnosed with something. I will never root against a redemption story. Sure. Um, and I, you know, do I think he's got the talent to play in the NFL? No. I wasn't even sure he had the talent to play in the NFL when he was uh, lighting up college. But I will say he was the most exciting college player I've ever seen, regardless of the fact that he went to Texas A&M. Um, I think the Canadian League's probably a better yeah. thing for him if he sure. really wants to get back in football. But I will never root against uh, a, a redemption story. I just hope he's being honest, not only with us, but with himself. But I'll tell you who's always honest, Kirby. Who's that, Bill? That would be the good people at AIM Smart EQP who sponsor this platinum-level broadcast. Remember, if you want to get EQP, if you think you are a smart, focused, independent distributor, and you need that extra edge to push you over the sales wall, go to smarteqp.com slash unscripted. Get that free uh, copy of the audio training on how to beat websites local competitors and price cutters along with the complete details on how to join the AIM Smart EQP community today. That's smarteqp.com slash unscripted. Kirby, until next time, have a great day. You too, bro. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.